Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome. So just a brief introduction. Um, our guest for today on Just a Woman is someone that I've known since she was five years old. I don't know who's that's aging me or her, but <laughs> that I have known for a very long time. Um, my god sister, woman of God herself, mother, wife, um, infertility and loss coach, as well as a mental health counselor and just a beautiful person all together. So this is Mrs. Michaela Alexander that is joining us tonight. Welcome, Mickey. Can you hear me, Mickey? Okay, me I can hear I'm you. Like, who, I said, what an introduction. I, I'm like, who is she talking about? <laughs> <laughs> talking about you, girl. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, thank you for having me. You know, it's a it's a pleasure, and I'm gonna just upfront apologize in advance for any background noise you may hear because I do have toddlers, so quiet to them is not what everybody else's quiet is. And it's so, okay because this is like a candid conversation. We're good. Getting to know, so <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay, they're in the room playing, but you know, at any time. <laughs> It is all good. So today you are going to definitely give us some information about a topic that, like I said, um, I don't feel is discussed enough, particularly with Black women, um, because the assumption is that, and this is just my opinion, I could be totally wrong, but this, from what I have taken it as, it seems like this is everyone else's issues. It doesn't seem like this is an issue in our community. So you know, this is definitely a learning topic for me as well. Um, so I definitely appreciate you being transparent and sharing, you know, your experience with um, infertility. So I will let you dive in. So, you know, it's really, when you say dive in, literally, that's what it is, because there's so much. Um, I felt so alone finding out, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm often asked what you know what did you do when you first heard how did you feel what was going through your mind literally I just went blank yeah because I was I was in a place of how can how dare my body not do what it was created to do exactly as a believer I understand that I'm created to be fruitful yeah. to recreate to procreate like that's my job I'm, that I'm supposed to do that so when I'm told I can't my mind immediately goes to what blockages is there? Like what, what happened? Like what's going on? You know, and for me, that was, or is a PCOS polycystic ovary syndrome diagnosis. Um, however, at one point they just couldn't, they were like, we don't think it's that either. We, it's, it's unexplained infertility. And for me, that was frustrating yeah. because it, like, you know, I took, I don't even want to try to count how many pregnancy tests I took, but I, I remember one month after the eighth one, I just stopped taking them. Oh my goodness. Um, they all said no, obviously negative. And I would have symptoms like I was pregnant. I would skip cycles for two, three months um, as an adult. And I'm like, well, what else is it? Like, what is, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what's going on? And I would go to the doctor. Like, I know you guys think I'm crazy. I, don't, I took this many pregnancy tests. They all are saying negative, but these are my symptoms. So PCOS and then they would, was causing you to miss your period? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. It can cause you. I have plenty of the symptoms that it has, um, that, it, that, it, that comes with it. Not all of them, but I do have many of them. Mm -hmm. And they can cause many different things. And one of those things that they cause, infertility, yes, uh, struggles to get pregnant, but they also cause where you will miss cycles completely. Oh, wow. Or you're super irregular. So because of that, I never knew what was going on. And I'm a person that's very in tune with my body. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, something is not right. So if it's not pregnancy, y'all telling me it's not PCOS, we need to figure out whatever it is. Well, it was the PCOS paired with, you know, some other things that just needed to happen. So did they initially, was there 
Is there like any medication you can take to kind of minimize the symptoms? I mean, I know it's nothing you can completely yeah. eliminate, but is there something you can take to kind of combat the symptoms? Well, they gave me metformin, mm-hmm. um, which is commonly used for di- diabetes. They use that for diabetes. Uh-huh. And the reason is because when you have PCOS, there's an insulin resistance that oh, you have. Okay. And so a lot of people don't know that. So that's why they tell you to stay away from certain foods. Is that why so I had to gain weight or have trouble? Yes. I've been trying to do my homework a little bit. On yes. That. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I used to, I used to get so upset because I would, even doctors, I would have people say, dang girl, you was just like skinny, like a bobblehead. And now you like, you kind of thick. And I would be like, can you just mind a business that pays you? Right. Mind exactly. your own scale. Okay. <laughs> because I'm, I would eat the exact same things the exact same way. Mm-hmm. But if PCOS decided that I was, pounds heavier this month and that's what was going to happen oh wow and that's not commonly spoken about either which then it's like a cycle because then you go to the doctor and then they tell you oh well you need to lose weight that'll help you be more fertile and that's frustrating in itself just you know yes. for me personally going to the doctor for different other medical reasons it's like like you said you feel like they think you're crazy, but you're like, I know my body. And yes. so you're literally like advocating for yourself. And you, you feel like these people that have gone to school, and they, yes. this is their job. They're questioning you. And it's like, no, I don't need you to question me. I need you to figure out what's going on with me. So yeah, that is definitely frustrating. I can only imagine. Now, is yeah. this something that is genetic? Like how, how does this, how does someone get, you know, this syndrome? P- PCOS? Yeah. So you have a bunch of different like ideas about it. You have a bunch of people in the medical field. I always say nothing is a guarantee. You have people in the medical field that do believe that it is genetic. Mm -hmm. And then you have people that say, no, it's not genetic. Um, What I will say is when I look at my family tree and history regarding different things that um, the women in my family struggle with, with menstrual cycles and, um, loss and different things like that I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one right however but it took them from 16 it took them from 16 until I was 25 to diagnose me right oh wow. so if it took that many years for me to get diagnosed in a new world when my grandmother might have been having struggles what when do you think if you think she would get diagnosed exactly right so yeah so there's really no track record because they i mean it wasn't something that they i mean you have to go through an invasive ultrasound um when they did mine they saw six to eight eight cysts on each ovary oh wow um and so you know there's just a plethora of different things that they before they can you know say yes or no or whatever the case may be so that question is very often it depends on who you ask in the medical field, whether or not they will give you a yes, it's genetic or no, it's not. But I personally, my opinion, now I'm not Dr. Mickey, but my opinion, having lived with it and looked at my own family tree, even my cousins, my aunt, um, it just appears to me that this is something that <laughs> could be running, could run in your family. Yeah. And now sure. that you have you know, thank God has blessed your womb and you have beautiful daughters. Now, is there like, um, some sort of like strategy that you can do when they get of age that they can like, you know, maybe early detections that they can, that you can kind of have them go through, maybe not at 12, but you know, like in order to kind of get ahead of this before they go through this as well. No, at 12, it's good. At 12 is a good age. Yeah, Because let me, let me tell you, when I was 12 years old, that's when I started my cycle, right? And, you know, early 2000s, late 90s, this kind of stuff was taboo. Nobody was talking about this. No. <laughs> you talk about no. this at home with the door closed, okay? Yeah. Like, you do not have these conversations. Exactly. And so, you know, not, no knock to my mother because she did excellent, right? But when, exactly. when, you don't, when you don't know because it's not put out there for you to know, then you don't have, you, you, you do what you know, mm-hmm. right? And so I was having her, and she advocated for me. She did not play about it at all. That's she was like, something is not, she kept telling him, something is not right. I will have to come home from school for two to three days every month from my cycle when I would get it. 
when I start from 12 until I is had it like to, extreme cramping from the cyst like do they extreme cause is an understatement mm-hmm. like they had to put me on medication for it because none of that over-the-counter stuff was gonna work not even 800 ibuprofen oh wow and so then what would happen is the medication that they prescribed me when I was 12 made me hallucinate so even if I could function because there were no cramps then I couldn't function because I was hallucinating and delusional and out of it and loopy and like walking down the stairs at school thinking people are attacking me and nobody's even around me oh my goodness so I my mom was like she's not taking this anymore so then what do they go to wanting to put me on birth control at 12 and my mom was not having it she said no absolutely not so for my daughters one of the things that I because I do this work and I work in this realm um my whole thing is no we're not stopping until she gets the diagnosis. We're not stopping until you figure out what's wrong. We're not stopping because often they, it's not that they don't want to know, help you figure out what's going on. It's just, they have so many patients. There's so much to go on. Right. Yeah. And I get it. I understand, but my daughters won't be one of the ones mixing in the numbers Yeah, because you don't have the time to take, to do what needs to happen. And that's so for what me. it takes. We yeah. have to like, we can't just, I think, and it's like you said, it's, no like disrespect to our parents or even their parents but it's just like sometimes we we put so much trust in these doctors so we let them tell us one thing and they were like okay let's just go home but it's like no like you sometimes you have to like I might need a second opinion or I might need you know you have to be yes. very persistent about it and it's okay to fire your doctor it really is and I I, <laughs> I mean I love doctors you know so just no not to any doctor that listens to this I promise you it's not okay I'm a therapist so I get the science and stuff behind all of this these different things and how there's tons of diagnoses to try to remember to try to go through they use the icd-10 we use the dsm-5 i get it i really do however i have a responsibility to say if i can't serve you how you need to be served let me bow out or if i don't realize that I have a responsibility to be okay when you come to me and tell me that you need to go find another doctor because you need somebody who can specialize better in what you're doing. Yeah. And the truth of the matter too, is that even if a doctor may have a variety of patients from different cultures, different backgrounds, that does not mean that that doctor has actually studied that specific culture and that background. So yes, you definitely have to, you have to do your homework and your research. Yeah. Um, Because I'm not ashamed to say I drive 30 minutes away to go see my all black female doctor. (laughs) Yes, yes. Because that's what I do for me. (laughs) Yes. Shout out to Dr. Lashana, Lashonda Carlton, okay? That is my doctor. I love her. And, you know, it took me a second to get to her. And I had a good doctor before her that walked the journey with me to actually getting pregnant with worship. Uh And um, I admired her. And she was not black. Okay. Um, and she was, I call her my angel, literally. She came right in the process of my frustration. She walked the journey with me. She said, when I see you again, you're going to be pregnant. I'm like, I'm not trying to hear her name is Sharita. Aww. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hear that Sharita, blah, 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 blah. Right. She came from Texas, right? She's like, I'm telling you. So I saw her probably nine, nine to 12 months later. She gave me, um, she gave me, a mini, a mini pill and something else because she worked with a, a, a clinic in Texas where they specialize in helping women with PCOS become pregnant. So of all people, like she became my midwife. And so long story short, um, she walked the journey with me. She was in the recovery room when I came out of my C-section with, with worship. And she ended up leaving the practice and moving back to Texas two weeks later, two weeks oh, after worship was born. So when I say she literally was like an angel, <laughs> like, I really, I really feel that. And, um, you know, so I do want to say that I am all for, if you're a black woman, I do. I love Dr. Carlson because I, she gets my perspective, Mm -hmm. right? However, you know, do you still, still do your research? Right. Don't just go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't just go based upon because I've seen that happen and it didn't really work out too well for people. So I do tell people, please do, do your research and make sure that, um, you know, and if you're in between and you're thinking about quote unquote firing your current doctor, it's okay to ask them who they would go to. Right. <laughs> because a doctor's doctor is a good doctor. 
Exactly. They, they're not gonna go to anybody who's not good. So if you ask them who they, yeah, like who who specializes in this, who specializes in this, they they will they should have some recommendations for you. Now you mentioned getting pregnant with worship. Now, was that a natural conception, or yes. was there assistance like in vitro or anything else with with her? No, I actually had an appointment to get um the first step to assistance. Okay. And my grandmother ended up passing away. And so um, I was like, I was just overwhelmed with everything that was going on. And we're not from Arizona. So there were services here. There were services in Illinois. Just a lot going on. Right. So I kind of put it on a back burner. And I had an appointment scheduled. And we come back. And I'm on the plane ride back. And I'm sick as a dog. Mm-hmm. And I don't vomit. Like, I'm like, what is wrong with me? I was like, am I on my way out? Like, what is happening? And I, I was like, something told me just take a pregnancy test. So I took one when I was pregnant. So um, I called them and, and, and canceled that appointment <laughs> because I couldn't take that. But I was going to take Clomid, which is something that jump starts, which is something that get that jump starts your, um, your cycle and everything. It does what it's supposed to do so that you can go ahead and, and conceive. Mm-hmm. So let's no. go back to that positive pregnancy test because I know we've talked about the eight ones, the eight pregnancy tests that were not ne- that were negative. L- let me feel that positive pregnancy test reaction. Like after hearing all of this, you know, diagnosis and the things you struggled with as a teenager, and you know, watching yourself go take these tests eight different times and still have the same response. When you got that positive pregnancy test after going through all of that, what was like, what was your first response? Like how, like if you could, if we could feel your emotion through the phone, how, how would you describe that? I literally was stuck. You were stuck. (laughs) But I couldn't believe it. Like I felt like I was being like pumped, but then it was, it was like so surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it couldn't have come at a perfect time. Yeah, more a perfect time because I found out the day we buried that they actually buried my grandmother in the cemetery, and we had to come back home because we couldn't all be there at the burial. Isn't um, that crazy how that happens? Yeah, though? like sometimes yes. it's like there's, a, there's <laughs> always a tragedy, and then there's a birth. You know, yes, it's the cycle of life. <laughs> yeah, like it always happens that way. And so I said, okay, um, okay. I'm in shock, but okay. Yeah. And I just remember like calling my mom and she happened to be with all with my uncles and my aunt. Like she happened to be with all of them because they were all together to bury my grandmother. And I like I just my aunt called it though when we were there. She said you're pregnant. Take a test. I'm like, I'm not taking no test right now. I'm just trying to focus on <laughs> she was like, right. Okay, Mickey, but you pregnant. You know, she just kept <laughs> telling me my aunt Clee just kept on telling me, like, you're pregnant. Um, you know, so it was like in the back of my mind, I felt like I was. Mm-hmm. However, when you see, I mean, eight was just one month. Yeah. So just think about how many others I took yeah. over the course of, you know, I was married the first time, um, you know, that situation and then being married this time, how many I, I had taken. Now you just um, lost one before worship, right? It's just one pregnancy you lost. Oh no, I lost three before worship. Oh wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I lost three before worship. I had worship in harmony, and then I uh, we lost an, another one in February. Oh my goodness. I'm um, this past February. So, which is a whole nother thing, right? Because yeah. just because you you can conceive, which is why I think to go to your point when we first opened and you said, hey. I just feel like we don't really talk about it in our community. Like it just doesn't seem to be something that really stands out. It's because a lot of times in the black community, there is a struggle with infertility, right? But many times you have secondary infertility, Mm -hmm. which is infertility after having a kid. So -hmm. nobody really pays attention to those people, right? which is horrible, but they don't because they're like, oh, you already got a kid. At least you got one, right? They don't, their pain doesn't, people don't look at their pain the same way. And then we have the image of us having a lot of kids and single women. And so it's like, they don't have problems having kids. They got them, you know? It's, um, African-Americans are, I mean, we, we lead a lot of things and miscarriages 
and um, losses, we, we were leading in that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we actually have a lot of, um, and I don't want to try to throw out stats because I haven't looked for the, looked at the stats, honestly, haven't looked at the new stats for the 2021. So I don't want to throw out any stats, but we, yeah. we were leading in, um, and I'm pretty sure we still are, leading in loss and infertility. Um, just because of some of the different barriers we have and some of the different things that, that exist with our bodies. We're not the only ones by any stretch of the imagination. However, we're the we only do. ones that don't talk about yeah. it. Yeah, and we don't. We we sweep that stuff up under the rug. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. We don't talk about it, but we do talk about it, right? Yeah. So we don't talk about it, but then you go to the cookout and Uncle Johnny and them like, you, you still ain't got no kids? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's how we express our quote-unquote concern for your infertility, Yeah. right? Instead of being, instead of just minding our own reproductive system because exactly. my uterus don't belong to you no way. So why are and, you so And when these kids come out, are you taking care of them? Other than yeah. <laughs> you gonna feed them? <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't have infertility. Maybe I'm just waiting because I want to be in a financial place to take care of my kids. Exactly. The way I want to take care of them. However, many times it is infertility, um, especially when you look at some of our aunties that we coined the rich auntie. Not all of them, but some of them have had loss and then aren't able to, you know, conceive in that way. Yeah. And, and you know, we have all these different, um, you know, names or whatever, like little, what am I looking for? Labels that we call them for our family, but it's all in there. And I think too, like you said, we sweep a lot of things under the rug and, you know, certain things, I don't want to say not important, but it's just like, you know, this happens to everyone, you know, especially when it comes to miscarriages. Like I had a miscarriage before I had my first child. Um, and only like literally the people that were involved, (laughs) right. Then, you know, my mom, of course, you know, they're the only people that really know that just because it's one of those things where it was like, okay, it happened. And we just didn't talk about it again. Like it was just nothing to talk about. And then, so after a while, I don't want to say I I forget it, but it's just, you do kind of like, you don't think about it. And I think that's what a lot of us do. Um, now, granted, I was young, so I mean, I, I you know, obviously that was just not good timing. Um, but you know, I, I did experience that, um, and I didn't even know I was pregnant at the time. That's that's the the, the crazy part about it. Um, but it is one of those things that you just over time you don't discuss it, um, and then you aren't then able to relay that to your children or you know your children's children or whatever when they go to the doctor and they're asking, you know, questions about yep. their familial history because, you know, my mom or my grandmother didn't want to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's real. We got to get over um, <laughs> We do because, you know, I, I thank God for my mom sharing her losses with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really, I'm very grateful because it helped me to not only Feel like I wasn't alone mm-hmm. but to be like okay you know like okay yeah all right like you're not you're not the only person mm-hmm. and even if on the other side of this you don't have a child it's it's okay like yeah. re, like walk walk through this and, and um you know for me that was just a, a big part of it and so I just started being real candid about it mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna sugarcoat it I'm not gonna sit here and talk in these cute little terms to make you comfortable I'm not doing it I'm not gonna I'm not not gonna be like you know what but God is able God is able Mm -hmm. he is but today I'm pissed off because I am not able to conceive that is a reality yeah and I think that my candidness if that's even a word being a candid (laughs) (laughs) let's just make up words girl you know (laughs) why not Uh, being candid is something that I think drew some of the women that I've had the privilege to walk with mm-hmm. because they didn't, they were sick and tired of people putting a bandaid on it or pretending like, or just patting them on the back. Like it's a, cause people say the things people used to say to me, I don't even have words for honestly, like people would say people stuff say that, to like, me. You can make another baby. And it's like, oh no, my gosh. <laughs> no, that's not the point. Like, 
Yeah. I would have people say stuff to me like, girl, just go ahead and get busy. Like, go go enroll in school and then you will get pregnant. You don't think I enrolled in school before? Yeah. Or I, I would have people say, oh, if you can't carry out... Like, like wait, what? Just very... <laughs> you know, like, they didn't, they, they didn't have bad intentions, honestly. I don't yeah. think their intentions were ill at all. Just mm-hmm. insensitive. Because if you haven't dealt with infertility, you don't necessarily get that journey of what that feels like for every baby announcement. That's why I'm so very, try to be very sensitive and I'm so cautious um, when I post it for Worship and Harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, and it takes me a while to get to a place when I'm ready mm-hmm. because I understand that it's a trigger for many women. Yeah, But I don't want to take away from the, I have to always keep in perspective as the womb keeper brand, it's my job to still create and instill hope. Yeah. So I have no choice but to do the announcement. I had one of my cousins tell me, girl, you got a choice. You don't got to tell them everything. Yes, I do. When you build a brand and a business based upon infertility and loss, I don't get to not tell you. When I tell you and how I tell you is that that I have control over. But I don't get to not tell you because this is what I was called to do. And there's it's, a difference between I'm just sharing my life just because just because, and then you're yes. in your life to actually use your testimony to, you know, help someone else. There's a yes. huge difference between that. So no, you are definitely doing the right thing. And uh, what I was going to ask you was, besides just being irritated when people was in your business about mm-hmm. when you were going to get pregnant, um, you know, what else, what other feelings did you feel as a woman before you became a mother and you were in the process of trying, like, you know, because I don't want to assume, I just know how I, I would maybe feel, but how did you feel as a woman? Um, you know, I know you kind of indicated that you felt like this is what I'm supposed to do, but, and I know, you know, you've been married before without going into too many details. Like, do you feel like that makes you kind of feel insecure in your relationship as far as what you have to offer as a oh, woman? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my husband now, he he was married before me and had two children. Mm-hmm. So then there was this added pressure. Like, not that I was competing with her by any means, yeah. but I knew he wanted more kids. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any. So there was this added pressure of, I have to be able to produce children for him. Yeah. Right? On top of the fact that I wanted them. So it, it, there was this insecurity that was there. And my husband is Terrell is amazing. Laid back. That man carried me with his faith. Mm. On many a days, I didn't have faith. I would be like, I'm done. The process is over. We ain't having no kids. Let's look at adoption. He'd be like, no. I was going to say, was adoption ever an option? That's, that's what I, I, I would put it on the table all the time. He would be like, I'm not saying no mm-hmm. forever, but I'm yeah. saying no, not right now, Mickey, because there's something that God is going to do. Mm-hmm. And you have to stand on this promise. He will always bring me back to that center me coming back. Like that's why you gotta get a man that know the word and that know God. Abraham bring you back. Okay. He can bring you back when you get off the you you on the side of the road. He'd be like, uh-uh, come on, girl, get back on the trail. We yeah. can't be getting lost, you know. But it did take a hit to my confidence. But I think that I think that even in the hits that it took to my confidence, I was able to I didn't get lost like I think I would have Mm -hmm. because of the support of my husband Mm -hmm. that was a huge thing for me and and even in the even in my book like I wrote a chapter that says make love not a baby Mm -hmm. because I had to check myself I became so hyper focused on being intimate with him for the sake of getting pregnant Mm -hmm. that I didn't like I I didn't realize what kind of woman and wife I was being because, because my focus was enjoying the moment. Is this exactly a, a process that we have to do? Yeah, it was an appointment. Yeah. I'm ovulating. We need to do it and we need to do it right now. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, and I need to be this way. And yeah. Little, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at all books. So I'm trying to get which, which position and which, what yes. am I doing wrong? Am I supposed right. to hang from? You know what I'm like? It's all kinds of crazy things. Yeah, <laughs> because I was, you know, so as a woman, I felt like I had to overcompensate sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do this, but I can do this. Right. 
you know, which was hard for me because I am humble. Mm -hmm. I try to be as humble as I can because I understand that anything can be taken away from you at any point in time. Nobody owes you anything. No. Right? And so I I was like, but I was creeping into some prideful periods and points in, in my life because I was trying to overcompensate for not being able to. Yeah. You know, and then I've worked with primarily in the bulk of the infertility, I worked primarily with 12 to 18 year olds doing therapy. Mm -hmm. And so some of these girls were getting pregnant. And so you're probably looking like, yes. really, God, like they don't, they are too young to be a mom, but you yes. are, you know, yeah. Yes. They don't even got a house. They got mm -hmm. nothing to take care of this baby. Exactly. And the Lord just tapped me on the shoulder. Holy Spirit was tapped me on the shoulder and said, but who are you? Yeah. You know, like you don't get to determine that. First of all, Mary was 15, 14, 15, yeah. I think, when she had yeah. Jesus. My you know what I'm saying? So, first of all, who, hello? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't get to tell me. I, let me do this. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I found too that um, I, I I had I had some bitterness, mm -hmm. and I needed to check all of that, and I had some selfishness, and there were a lot of things I needed to check before I could bring a baby in the world. You don't got to be perfect, but there were things that God needed me to check in before I could be somebody's mom, yeah. or I would be no good. And thankfully, I mean. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Obviously, I'm pretty sure if you didn't have to go through all of this, you would have taken that path too. But at least, like you're saying, you were able to recognize all of these things in you that you needed to change before motherhood, where some oh, yeah. mothers have to figure it out <laughs> as they go. I'm mean, still figuring it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me say that. I'm still figuring it out. But you have to experience more. You know, I think yeah. some people take for granted. Um, motherhood um and but you know i'm sure with your experience this is like the best thing ever you know like you really appreciate it you know My, um most days i got two toddlers right now they just came <laughs> <up> apart <laughs> so i'm just gonna be honest um wait no, until they're teenagers yeah i mean it's hard right yeah. but there are some days that i wake up and i literally no sorry <laughs> Some days I, I thought I, I thought we got disconnected. Some days I, I wake up, <laughs> I literally look at them and I just look at them. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, they look so innocent. Girl, <laughs> you know, like, teenagers. I'm, girl, I'm telling man, you. Yeah, no. Don't, the toddler. don't tell me that. <laughs> I'm barely making it through the toddler stage. Please oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. I'm just like, but I do. I do look at them and I you know, it, it gives me a greater, um, it makes me more grateful. Mm -hmm. So like, I noticed for me, when I hit, when I like, if I'm scrolling on Facebook and I see that a kid got kidnapped or like something happened to a little boy in Milwaukee um, that was three years old and worship is three and a half. Mm -hmm. And that hit me yeah. differently than I, like, it just hit me. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, oh, you know, so it's, um, Different things like that, for sure, definitely just make me more appreciative that I had the opportunity. Also, because I've walked with so many different women, and I have, um, you know, there's a couple women, there are a couple women that I've walked with that have not yet seen the fruit. Mm -hmm. However, there are four or five five women that I've walked with that when they had, they've had babies, we call them womb babies. So, this is the womb keeper. Um, and they've had babies and I, you know, they'll thank me and I'm like, girl, I don't that I can't take no credit for that. Right. Lord, like, give me I, take away. <laughs> I just he told me to walk with you. Did he tell me this is how I walk with you? And I do what I'm told to do. And I, you know, I try to tell people like, No, I'm no, I can't I can't pray a baby in your womb. I can't do that. However, I can do what I'm told to do. So please I always give that disclaimer when I start coaching people. Because really, they think, some people, they they think when they're coming to me for infertility coaching or loss coaching, that it's about getting pregnant. That's the last thing on my list of things for you to do. Right. What my thing for you to do is to do the work and walk into place so that if you never, ever conceive naturally in your own womb, you are, you're going to still be okay. Yeah. And that you understand that you still have purpose. Like that's that's what it's about. And 
many a times that awareness lists bitterness. It lists all these other things that makes them free and open. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, they're pregnant. And, you know, <laughs> by all means, neither one of us are doctors, but I think that plays a huge part in it. Just like they say with stress, mm-hmm. you know, stress is like a number one killer. Yeah. So when you allow your body, you know, our bodies, our bodies remember things, you know? Yes. <laughs> so I believe that when we just release a lot of that um, expectation and everything that we put on ourselves, we do allow our bodies sometimes to just do what they naturally can do. Heal. Um, it heals. Yeah. So we yeah, that's definitely a good way to, to, to look at it. Cause I'm pretty sure people come at you and they're like, all right, Mickey, when my baby going to be here? And yeah. Like, I don't know. And I'd be like, girl, I don't got no answers for you. <laughs> like if it was that easy, I wouldn't even be doing this with you. Cause I would have never had to write a book. I would have exactly. never had to go through the process. I would have never had to have, you know, prayer journals that's got withered pages from all the tears I cried. Right. Like yeah. Yeah, that would have, if I had the answers, I don't have any of them. But what I can do is I can show you, you know, and obviously it's a, 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 like my coaching is believer based. However, I've walked with women who have different beliefs. Mm -hmm. But my thing is, if you, you, you might not believe in my God, but you need to believe in a God because I don't know how anybody can do this and not believe in something. You have to have a higher power that you believe in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some people might be like, because of um, some of the titles that are associated with my name, may be like, you supposed to, no, I'm supposed to do what Jesus would do. Exactly. And that is to tell you about it, about him and mm-hmm. his father, and then to keep it moving and to love you regardless of your choice. Yeah. Like regardless of choice. Yeah. You decide to believe in and so I, I still walk with people who may not, you know, be believers, but the majority of the people I walk with are believers because they see my page or whatever the case may be. And I think probably assume like, oh, okay, I'm a believer. Let me just go with her. But I do walk because I, the pain and the hurt doesn't discriminate whether you're a Christian or not. No, it doesn't. I'm <laughs> I don't, sure. it don't care about that. You know, it doesn't have, it doesn't have, any, it doesn't, it cares not. <laughs> Okay, is whether you struggle with infertility and or loss, that is just um, something that just, you know, I hear some stories from some of the women that have given me the honor to walk with them. And I just, my heart, I'd be like, okay, give me one second. I, I have to take a second while they telling their story to me, you know. And um, honestly, your story has was really honestly the first story I have ever heard of anyone with infertility issues. Um, I can't remember when you first started being open about it some years ago, but it, it literally was the first story. And I was like, huh, like, okay, you know, this was new for me. And what it, it, it kind of, you know, on the flip side, it kind of made me appreciate, you know, my own experience. Granted, I had... <laughs> I had unplanned children, was not planning these people, but, (laughs) but, you know, it definitely makes me not take for granted the fact that I was able to. Now, the only thing that I do regret is that, um, and it goes kind of back to, you know, our generation of people and our families that like, like you said, they be in your business about the wrong Mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, after my oldest daughter, um, I had got my tubes tied because me and my first husband at that time decided that two children were all that we wanted. So the only thing now is that now that I'm actually in, I call it my adult marriage because. <laughs> right, right. No, you will. That's, <laughs> that's the real young. stuff. Right. You do the first one and then you get a do-over. And exactly. You get a real adult. <laughs> Adulting for real. Like, dang, so. I should have just done this one. Right. Why didn't I just save my woman? So now I feel, you know, I I did at first. I don't feel it anymore. But, you know, we first, you know, decided that we wanted to be married and everything. I kind of felt like, darn, like I made this decision and now I can't, you know, give you our own children. So, you know, it definitely, you know, was one of those things. And then you hear it too, regardless if you already have kids or not. Right. In a new union, people just expect that you're right. supposed to give them kids too. <laughs> yes. Like, yes, 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 and yes, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, you can't even let the ink dry. No. It was, it was that, that added pressure too because it was my second marriage. It was like, 
to good before people was asking when we were having kids. Yeah. I'm like, can we just be married? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I was like, so dang, let me get to the honeymoon first. I know, right? Like, let me, let me I can't get out the door. We <laughs> even ate the food at the reception. Girl. And I, I remember when I had got my tubes tied at the age of 21, which was very young. And, um, I remember telling some of my older family members and they literally gave me a hug. I was like, this is a good thing. Like, you know, (laughs) we're hugging about this. (laughs) So yeah, people's reactions are just, they're, they're, they're interesting. (laughs) It it, it is, you know, and I, I, people just, people don't mean, I think it's just that awkward. I don't know what to do. And I don't want to, like, I don't want there to be silence. So because I don't want there to be silence. Let's hug it out. <laughs> let's hug it out. Right. Let, let, let me keep talking. And it's like, yes. you don't really, you don't have to. One of the best things I could have ever heard a person say when I was going through the, the process was, or I tell people all the time, go out, please. Is, <laughs> is one of your you know, <laughs> I say to people, just sit with people. Yes. You don't always got to have any, something to say. Like no. you don't. Be quiet sometimes. Sometimes your your presence is all that's needed. Yeah. They don't need you to say a thing. In fact, you talking is irritating. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't want to hear you talk. People didn't mm-hmm. talk to me enough. I just want you to be there. But a lot of us are uncomfortable with sitting in silence. Yeah. So then we hug people or we <laughs> start talking, you know, uh, to try to make it all better. Now, you but, said your husband really helped you um, oh, yeah. get through all of this. You know, what do you feel like, you know, obviously being a man of God, praying and everything with you, um, but what do you feel like the most, like the, the one, and I can't even really say the one thing, but what what is something that you just remember him saying um, to you that you definitely was like, wow when you, you were like probably like wow i am gonna get this man a baby just for that like <laughs> you know like girl let me see if i can think of one <laughs> no <laughs> one of the things he said to me was you were made for this no and i just was like i'm, I'm tearing up now <laughs> i was like wait what <laughs> like what do you mean and and he didn't just mean like i was made to have a baby for him Mm-hmm. he was saying you were made to walk through this process mm-hmm. so for some of us it's not just one two three go yeah it's one two three four five six seven eight nine a hundred now you can go yeah you know sarah was what 99 is that how old she was <laughs> yes know. she was 99 or 100 and even she was like yeah she laughed at that she laughed, she laughed. yeah she laughed <laughs> like, like, what you talking about? Okay, sir. Yeah, all right. Yeah. You know, even gave her concubine, which one of the little wives, her little sisters, to him so he could have Ishmael. And then got mad at her. Like, yeah. And, and exiled her and t- told her she had to get away from the camp. Yeah. You done got me knocked up. I was right. minding my own business. Okay. Exactly. Now, you, I, now I gotta be a single mom. I gotta figure it out because you then not walked in your purpose because you didn't believe the, per- the plan right, was gonna happen the way it was in your own hands. Yeah, and so when when my husband said to me, you were made for this, that's what he was saying to me. You were made to take the journey. You were made to do everything that needs to be done. You, This is your purpose. Yeah. So it's not going to look like we get to, you know, have fun and then have a baby. No, that's not how our process is going to look, Nick. Like, because of what's on you, on your life, our process looks different. Yeah. You know, and um that really was like dang god now you gotta come through like he he gotta have a kid like an extra kid like now i gotta produce right and then now you have no choice but to give god the credit for this like this is nothing that you did in your own this is all god oh yeah he set it up that way for sure yeah he made sure i wasn't taking any medication he made sure like when i went to the doctor they were like we don't even know how how this happened yeah me either i I mean besides the basic yeah what we all should know about how this happened but rather than that like i i'm I'm just as baffled as you are Mm -hmm. because i i couldn't remember the last cycle i had before i got pregnant with worship yeah so i was was real confused i was like trying to count 
date possibly mm-hmm. excuse me you know how they ask you like when was the the last date of your or first date of your last fi- period or whatever i'm like girl i don't november or something i don't know <laughs> like i don't even because re- i was skipping cycles yeah so i i you know god but he had told he had told us you know i'm gonna get the glory you know so i when i talk about my path and my purpose and everything that happened especially leading up to worship because worship was a surprise mm-hmm. because i did i couldn't i couldn't track anything yeah it was sporadic but so was harmony yeah so you know imagine struggling with infertility and my my delivery with worship was extremely traumatic mm-hmm. very traumatic um, yeah, that's why natural, or was a cesarean birth um well it was supposed to be natural they checked me when I got to the hospital to confirm that my water broke. Mm-hmm. They checked me again 26 hours later. Oh, wow. Then that's when they found out that my service was all the way on the left. So they she wasn't coming out that way. So it ended up being an emergency C-section oh, after wow. 27 hours at that point of labor. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then they oh, they gave me too much fluid. So two weeks later, I ended up in the ER. It was it was very traumatic. So when she was eight months to find out again after infertility, lost infertility, all the drama with having her, and then she's eight months, and I'm pregnant with Harmony. I said, "Hold on, wait a minute." <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> Double for your trouble that had to look like this. You could have just got <laughs> twins or something. It's like, what, what? Wait, hold on, <laughs> or a little bit more time, God. You know, but you don't get to call the shots. No, when you ask for something, and the Lord manifests that for you, you have to. You just sit in it. You know, so I look you, now you and I'm like, have like a set number. Do you want to keep going or what do you? Um, we, we got one more in us and then we're done. Okay. So one more and then we done. One more for you. Yep. And then we're done. Done. D-O-N-E. Stick a fork in me. And I say this and I'm going to say this with this small disclaimer because I have gotten some slack. Like, how could you say that after infertility and everything you went through and the people? Because I'm human and dollars run out and kids well, and are expensive. you want to be a mother, it <laughs> doesn't mean you need to be a mother of the land. Like, you know, <laughs> come on. I don't have to have 10 kids. Right. To, to, I can stop at some point. Yeah. Okay. And we will still all be okay. Right. <laughs> so, I can, so I can say that I'm done. <laughs> and I think the Lord will still allow me to, to do the womb keepers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, but I, yeah, that's, that's about it. Cause then that'll make five for us. You know, I have two bonus babies. They're 15 and, and little Terrell will be 13. And I oh, can't even believe it. Like a week and a half. I've been in their life since they were, or been around, like known them since they were eight. So you do get so, to experience teenage life. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That teenage girl, she learning to drive. Oh my She'll goodness. She'll be 16 in June. So, oh. you know, it's, it's like, um, that huge gap between them mm-hmm. you know there's learning curves you're blending a family it's just a bunch going on so yeah. after one more we're done okay <laughs> i think your story is so amazing not not just me being biased because i love you and you're my god sister and all that kind of stuff <laughs> but i think it's amazing for like you said you talk to people that are believers and not believers but i honestly even if I wasn't a believer, I could not literally have a conversation with you and come out still not believing because I feel like it's nothing but God. I mean, you can have science, you can have prescriptions, you can have all of these diagnoses, but your body, like your husband said, did exactly what it was called to do, which was to create life. And I think your story is beautiful. I think that you just need to continue regardless of if anyone telling you you're telling too much. Girl, I would share every baby that came out of my body (laughs) to just show, you know, what God can do. So I think you definitely have a beautiful, beautiful testimony. And I I thank you so much for sharing that with me. Um, I do know you mentioned a couple things that... obviously besides the coaching, but you do have literature out. Um, if anyone wa- do want to purchase your book, where can they find it? It's on Amazon. They can it's just hashtag the Moonkeeper. In the search bar, like literally put hashtag and then oh, the Moonkeeper okay. and it'll come up. Now, don't you have two? Is it two books, right? Is it just two? No, I have another one in the works that is not done yet. I stopped it. Okay. Um, because I was working on it while I was pregnant with Harmony. Okay, <laughs> girl, I understand. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, but the womb keep the womb keeper, the first one is out. The womb keeper on Amazon. Okay. Definitely appreciate you, Mickey. And I'm so like I said, I just love your story. I love your transparency and just continue to educate us because we can't obviously depend on the medical professionals to <laughs> keep us in the know. <laughs> So we definitely got to share that information with each other. And like you said, even to your own children, getting early detection and things and just, you know, like you said, being honest with them so that they don't have to feel like they're going through that alone if that is ever their story. So I definitely appreciate you for your time and sharing this with me. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You have a good night. Enjoy them babies. You too. Right, Bye. Bye-bye. So infertility, definitely a great topic um, that I appreciate Mickey coming on and sharing her story um, with us about because I know for me personally I did not have too much knowledge about the topic um, especially when she started talking about the diagnosis that she received all of that was very um, very new to me um, considering I also carried a misconception that I'm sure a lot of people share with me is that infertility was not an issue in communities of color, that that was more or so, um, you know, something our counterparts, Caucasian women had to deal with. But I am definitely thankful that I have also been educated in this process that no infertility has no, you know, no bounds to color when it comes to the different issues us women deal with in our own bodies that we may not pay attention to or just, you know, are not aware and not educated on when to go and ask for help and guidance and what's going on. So, you know, the biggest takeaway that I got from this conversation is ladies, don't be afraid to go to the doctor when you feel like something is out of the ordinary with your bodies. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And like Mickey said, fire your doctors if you have to. If you feel the need to fire your doctors because you don't feel like they're advocating for you or giving you the help that you need, you have that right. So a lot, a lot of good information in there. I'm so glad that, you know, God was able to walk her through her journey and then bless her with some beautiful babies. So I am so thankful for Mickey and her story and her reminding us that although we love and embrace motherhood and that is something that we long for and we feel we are created for as women, at the end of the day, we are also just women. Thank you.